Good morning and welcome. We are here to call upon the Lord. We need his help. And so if you are able, please stand and sing with us, I will call upon the Lord. It's number 38 in your hymn book. But you might need your hands free for clapping. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. I will call upon the Lord. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. I will call upon the Lord. The Lord liveth, and blessed be the rock, and let the God of my salvation be exalted. The Lord liveth, and blessed be the rock, and let the God of my salvation be seated. God, we are here to call upon you because we recognize that you are the only one who can truly help with what matters most. We recognize you as our creator, as our redeemer, as our comforter, and we recognize your presence here with us as well. Thank you for loving us and inviting us to call upon you. In Jesus' name, amen. Join us in the call to worship that you see on the screen. Oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable his judgments and his paths beyond tracing out. Who has known the mind of the Lord or who has been his counselor? Who has ever given to God that God should repay them? For from him and through him and for him are all things. To, to him, him be, be the, the glory, glory forever. forever. Praise with joy the world's creator, God of justice, love, and peace. Source and end of human knowledge, God whose grace shall never cease. Celebrate the Maker's glory, power to rescue and release. Praise to Christ who feeds the hungry, frees the Upsets religion, fearless both of fate and cause. 
kept silent, my bones wasted away. My groans sounded night and day. My soul was heavy within me. When I kept silent, your voice faded to dust. My heart dried up like a husk. My strength was sapped as in the dead of summer's heat. Your hand was heavy upon me. Then I acknowledged my sin, and you forgave. God, we acknowledge our sin to you. Yeah. 
my sin and you forgave. Blessed is the one whose sins are forgiven. Blessed Holy Son whose love flows freely like an ocean, whose love goes freely to his children. It is well with my soul.
God, you've given us this assurance that all is well between us and you. And so from your generosity, we also are inspired to be generous. We thank you for our opportunities to serve and love, for the ways that we have given of our time, our talents, and our treasure this week, and the way that we have opportunity in the coming week to do so. And so we offer ourselves and all that we are and have back to you, the giver of all good gifts. Amen. I'll be reading Psalm 102, a prayer of an afflicted person who has grown weak and pours out a lament before the Lord. Hear my prayer, Lord. Let my cry for help come to you. Do not hide your face from me when I am in distress. Turn your ear to me when I call. Answer me quickly. For my days vanish like smoke. My bones burn like glowing embers. My heart is blighted and withered like grass. I forget to eat my food. In my distress, I groan aloud, and I'm reduced to skin and bones. I'm like a, like a desert owl, like an owl among the ruins. I lie awake. I have become like a bird alone on a roof. All day long, my enemies taunt me. Those who rail against me use my name as a curse. For I eat ashes as my food and mingle my drink with tears. Because of your great wrath, for you have taken me up and thrown me aside. My days are like the evening shadow. I wither away like grass. But you, Lord, sit enthroned forever, and your renown endures through all generations. Good morning. David thought I wasn't paying attention. Um, just want to welcome everyone here this morning. We are uh, excited to be here and uh, be together, worshiping God, hearing what Lyndon has to, has, God has laid on his heart. Just look at some announcements here quick. You want to grab your bulletins? Um, we're going to keep mentioning this. Deacons are available to talk and pray with you at the front of the church after the service. But we're available anytime. You don't have to wait until after the service on a Sunday morning, uh, reach out to us wherever, wherever you find us. Um, we wanna, we wanna hear from you. We wanna pray with you. We wanna do what we can to encourage and and intercede. Um, if you wanna be a part of the prayer chain, you can sign up in the foyer so that you can be on top of what's been going on. Um, Kids' toys for ages zero to five. If you have any that you would like to donate to the church, or if you want to give Carrie some money towards purchasing toys for um, for that, you can talk to her. Um, share, if you're interested in sharing on a Sunday morning, you can talk. Contact Pastor Russell. September 17th, Valley View is having their harvest celebration. Uh, always a an exciting time to hear and see what's been going on at the camp through the summer. YFC is looking for volunteers, so you can contact Dawson if you're interested at all in seeing what that looks like and getting involved. A couple more, Kids Connect, starting in October. If you want to know more about it, if you're interested at all in knowing how you can help, talk to Christine. And we're still looking as a church for, we're looking for children's church teachers for, age, for three age groups during the service starting 
mid to maybe late September. Uh, so you can talk to Bethany if you're interested in knowing more about what that looks like. Um, probably nobody is really excited about summer coming to an end, but it is exciting as a church to see um, church getting maybe more back to normal, what we consider normal, and the opportunities to serve and to, to especially with our kids' ministries, to plug in and, and uh, be a part of encouraging um, the kids that come to church here and that come to the church because of those programs. Are there any announcements that were missed? If not, we're just going to take a look at uh, the prayer corner. Um, top one, please pray for Tammy Watton's family, McGregor School staff and students, and uh, everyone that's in, that was connected to her in any way. I think there's a good chunk of our community that feels a little bit, you know, ranging from a little bit to a huge loss. And, and it can be really difficult to process. So we want to pray for all of those, um, especially uh, very close-knit with the staff at the school and the students. So September is going to look quite different for them. So we want to remember to pray for them. We want to pray for the students and staff as they prepare, prepare for another school year, whether it's elementary, high school, or post-secondary. There's big changes, um, so we want to pray for them. Again, for our fall children's programs, we want to keep them in our prayers. Uh, a couple of notes that I got this morning. Um, Jane Kilpatrick's uh, child, Zarell, is doing much better after a week of antibiotics. Let's pray, continue to pray for healing and strength for, for those that are, are helping out there. And Ann Newfeld has a procedure in Winnipeg on Thursday. Let's just pray for doctors, pray for wisdom, pray for peace. Um, and before we pray, I just wanna, again, there's an awful lot going on in our community, in our province, in our world. And uh, just encourage you, if you're, you know, if there's something on your heart, talk to somebody. David and Tammy, Christine and I, like Pastor Russell, there are people, we all, we wanna, we wanna be a part of encouraging you and sometimes talking things out really helps. Sometimes there's nothing we can say or do but just the act of sharing with somebody else and, and getting a prayer can make a huge difference. So we're excited to hear what God has laid on Lyndon's heart and so we're just gonna pray and we're gonna call him up and we're gonna open our hearts and our, our ears to what God has laid on his heart. And uh, God, we just want to come before you this morning and, and in the midst of everything going on uh, in, our, in our lives, God, some amazing, exciting, wonderful things and some that are very hard to deal with and uh, just uh, the mix and match of, uh, of emotions and, and that, that that can cause. We just pray, God, that you would draw close to each one today. Lord, be our source of strength, be our source of hope, be our source of peace, God. And we just pray that you would continue to go before each one, helping us to, each one to be an encouragement to somebody, God. And think of how good this things could look if we all took the time to encourage somebody today. So Lord, we just pray that you would be here. Um, we know that you are here, but we pray that you would be very evidently here as Lyndon comes up and shares what you've laid on his heart, God. Speak powerfully through him. 
drive, drive your words, your thoughts, your desires deep into our hearts and uh, just help us to uh, apply them to our lives. Amen. Lyndon. There we go. Good morning. That's up there. That's good. Um, today we're going to be talking about perspective. And I've titled this sermon, Changing the Way We View Our Struggles. I think I'm going to just kind of leave this up here. This is the uh, scripture reading that was, that was read before. Something you need to know coming into this sermon is that this is going to be, especially for the first part, it, it has to be an interactive sermon. That my kind of big themes will break down if I don't have some audience participation. So I'm going to be asking you just to, to put up your hand, if nothing else, at certain times. And I might call on a few of you to, to actually answer, answer a question here and there. Um, most of my, my Bible reading as of late has been in the Psalms. And something that jumped out to me is that many, if not most, of the Psalms um, are these, these powerful lines of praise and glorifying God and, uh, you know, really kind of like, bless the Lord, O oh my soul, kind of, kind of piece of it. Um, even the, the very last song that we sang, uh, I was reading it through the hymnal, and, and yeah, I could find the psalm that, that kind of inspired that hymn. But then there are some, there are some psalms that kind of follow under, under this line of this kind of cry of lament, and... Um, like, like even David, who, who has, is a large contributor to the Psalms, this particular Psalm uh, it isn't accredited to David, uh, but he's got these Psalms, you know, worshiping, glorifying God, and then he's got these ones saying, like, Lord, help me from my enemies and, and crush my enemies, and, and kind of this kind of woe is me kind of portions. Um, this one you don't have to put up your hand for yet, but... But if you're like me, you've probably have had some of these situations, these, these times where, where you feel like, woe is me, right? Life is tough. Everything's, everything's against me. Okay. This one's for the kids, which I see my guys right here, so I might just have to ask them. Guys, what are we looking at here? Trees. Why is there four different trees there? What's the point of that? Oh, how seasons change, right? So we got, we got spring and summer, autumn and winter. Yes, these are the four seasons. And we certainly go through different seasons in our lives. We go through busy seasons and, and seasons of rest. Uh, we go through seasons where we feel challenged by God and other seasons where we're just, we feel, you know, abundantly blessed uh, in seemingly everything we do. Uh, I think many of us sitting here today are, are probably going through different seasons. And sometimes we're, we're going through a similar or the exact same kind of season of life as, as someone else that's close to us. But we interpret that season in a very different way. This is a very hot day by the looks of it. And I am one who is energized by the heat. 
When, when it's a, a hot, hot day, that typically means a productive or an active day for me. I want to be out and about playing tennis or golfing or getting work done. Uh, when I built potato sheds um, for quick zip, it would be the hottest days of summer and I would be just in full work mode, probably as, going as hard as I possibly could. And then there would be coworkers around me who would be trying to find an ounce of shade, slowing right down and complaining about how warm it is. Um, so, so that's not, I mean, that, that's a very, I mean, physical example, but, but it shows that that's not a season that we were going through, but rather being in the exact same situation as someone else and perceiving it very differently. What color is this dress? If you see right now in front of you a dress that is purple or blue and black, can you please put up your hand? And I don't see everyone's hand up. Okay, if you see a, a dress that is white and gold, put up your hand. Oh, a few hands up. And we're all looking at the same picture. And we see two different things. Okay. Uh, Matt's got a clip. He's going to he's going to hit play and we'll play it through a couple times and and just listen very carefully and then I'll ask you a follow up question afterward. Perfect. Thanks, Matt. All right. Please put up your hand if you heard something like Laurel being said. And put up your hand nice and high if you heard something else. Maybe something that sounded more like Yanny? Oh my goodness, that is bizarre. Okay, talk about, talk about faith in God that this would work because I only see one picture and I only hear one word. And I was really having trust that there would be someone here who saw and heard something differently. Ooh, glad that all worked out. Okay, very good. How can we all listen to the exact same audio clip and yet hear something entirely different? Well, I've got a couple, couple applications that come from these two exercises. Um, so I've actually heard the audio clip both ways before, and I've also seen the dress as a white and gold dress, and I've seen it as a, a purple and black dress. Um, but almost always, and currently, as I've kind of prepared for this, I always, I always heard the word laurel, and I always, I always see a white and gold dress. That's what it looks like to me. Yeah, and David's looking at me like, how is that possible? Okay. So I think that there's, there's a few parallels between these two examples and, and God's word, actually. Number one, God's word is alive. It changes by speaking to us in new ways when we, when we reread it to kind of match our stage in life. How many of you have ever read a passage before um, or read a passage numerous times and still learned something new a different time you've read it? Or, or maybe you've thought, like, I, I never realized that's what that was about, right? I've, I've done that many times. 
And so, just like I've seen this dress two different ways, and I've, I've heard both different words on that audio clip, and, and I don't know what the primer is. I don't know what makes me see it one way one time and a, and a different way a different time. Um, but it changes, and, and I think that God, God's word kind of does that in our lives. Application number two is that God speaks to individuals and that the same Bible text can be read by you and, and I and, and my kids, and it could be interpreted differently by all three of us. And, and that has room to be a not-so-great thing um, if, we're, if we're interpreting the same text differently, but also has room to be a great thing as as God can work and speak directly to you and what you need to hear. I, I can remember uh, being about 15 or 16, and that's, that was the first time when I opened my Bible that I realized that, that I could go and find answers to, to the things that I really wanted to know. And I'm kind of disappointed it took me that long to figure that out. But, but I can re- like remember specifically having a question and, and actually opening my Bible and finding an answer and I can remember it was, it was on Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, and, and there was a, a specific question that just got answered for me. And it, it just totally cleared up the issue. And now years later, I've heard, I've heard preachers preach, and, and I've read that text the same way, and I thought, that is not at all what, what is meant. Like, that question of mine that was answered in the moment that, that stopped a, a habitual sin for me and that kind of changed my way of thinking... It isn't even what a lot of people would say that text is about. And so God's word was still able to speak to my needs in that moment, even though someone else might read that same text and come away with a, with a whole different point. Application number three. We can see things differently by changing our perspective. And so for those who want to know, that dress, the actual physical dress that, that was taken in that picture there, it is a purple and black dress. And it blows my mind because that's not what I see. Um, but for some reason, however that picture was taken at whatever the angle and the way the light reflected, like it's taken through a window, it leaves it for interpretation as to what color that dress is. About, about half of us or so put up our hands saying it's white and gold and the other half said it's purple and black. It's a purple and black dress. And if, if that photographer had taken a step sideways or a step back or closer or if had, could show you the dress, it would, it would take away all doubt of the question. You wouldn't, we wouldn't still be arguing what color is it. You would just see, oh, it's a purple and black dress. And that would be the end of it. And so changing our perspective can, or changing the angle in which we look at that can reveal the truth. And I think that that applies in our lives as well. And so, I myself, I'm very much a, a glass half full kind of guy. I am optimistic and to a fault. I, I sometimes give deadlines that uh, I say that something could be done in this time because I'm, I'm so optimistic that whatever barriers are in my way will be cleared before I get there. Um, or, or I maybe make promises that I, that I can't quite achieve. 
because I think that the task ahead is easier, easier than it is. If, when I take on a, a roofing job, I've got a pretty good idea of, of how long it takes me to shingle a roof. Um, but I don't know that I've ever actually told Dakota the correct time that I'll be home because I think I'm going to be home by this time and there's one more barrier that comes up and I think that I can get done faster. And, um, but as a whole, when, when situations arise and come my way, I'm, I'm very optimistic as I face them. And I know those around me who, who are pessimists, who, um, who any piece of news that comes their way, they, they assume the worst in it or... Um, well, I can give an example. Last year, I organized the Terry Fox run in our school. And looking ahead at the forecast, I think we we're running on a Friday, and we look at, we look at the forecast on Monday, it says 60% chance of showers. And that was at a time when we had gotten our dose of rain and it was kind of starting to drag on. And I, I read that forecast, and my response, I can remember in the staff room reading it aloud and thinking, all right, we're going to be good. 60% chance of showers, that means 40% chance, and it's going to work out, because these things work out. And that's how I approach that situation. I can remember my staff members having the exact opposite reaction of just, oh, it's going to be a terrible day, we should cancel it this year. Like, like that's where their mind went. Um, First off, I find that absolutely exhausting. Maybe people find my optimism exhausting too, but that could be the case. It did not rain. It was a beautiful day. It worked out. Yes, thank you for that question. Great. Um, so in my experience, those who are pessimistic or glass half-empty personalities are often complainers. They're often only expressing the things that went wrong at an event or or they had this great day, but, but this happened, and this happened, and, and they kind of assume the worst in, in people or situations. These are the people who are complaining of the heat on, on that really, really hot day, but also complaining of the cold on, on a cool day, or it's too windy, or it's too humid, and there's always something to complain about. Well, the Bible talks about complaining. Uh, I'm going to flip to 1 Corinthians Chapter 10, and in my uh, translation, it uses the phrase grumbling, and it, it lists grumbling in the same breath as idolatry and sexual immo uh, immorality and testing Christ. I'm not even flipped open to the right passage, so I'll have to find it. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Hmm... I'll let you kind of read the first six verses of the chapter kind of as I continue to preach here, but I'm going to start at number six. It says, Now these things took place as examples for us that we might not desire evil as they did. Do not be idolaters as some of them were, as it is written. The people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. We must not indulge in sexual immorality as some of them did, and 23,000 fell in a single day. We must not put Christ to the test, as some of them did, and were destroyed by serpents, nor grumble, as some of them did, and were destroyed by the destroyer. Now these things happened to them as an example, but they were written down for our instruction, on whom the end of the ages has come. Therefore, let anyone who thinks that he stands take heed, lest he fall. 
No temptation has, overcome, has overtaken you that is not common to, common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability, but with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. So we're not, we know that we're not supposed to be grumblers and complainers, but we do, and I do. We're imperfect. So what do we do about that? How, how do we correct that part of our life? Because I don't think that, that pessimistic people are pessimistic on purpose, right? When I'm struggling through a tough season or a situation, I don't think, woe is me because I want to, to take on that identity. I don't want to be crushed by everything I'm facing. But rather, I, I think this way. I think that I'm in a crappy situation because I can't see the good in my situation from where I'm standing. So just like the dress, I think that we have to find a way to change our perspective and, and to see that situation differently so that we can more clearly see the truth. So I've got a couple of stories here to share. Hopefully, these can kind of help us just, just change our perspective on the way that, that we're currently seeing our life or viewing our life. So the first story is for the person who, who is not content about their stage in life and always wishing that life was easier or better and, and every day just like right now you're in the thick of it and you're, you're thinking there's got to be something better. There's got to be something better. Life has to be better than this. Well, I pose this question for you. Now, what would you do for a million dollars or $10 million or $100 million, what, whatever your magic large sum of money, whatever that number is, what would you be willing to do for it? Now, I've thought about this, and, and my list, uh, I've gone through, and I'm, I'm not going to say all the things I would do, but, but there's lots that I would do. I would, I, I'm, even though I'm, I've never been good at skipping meals, right? I like, to, I like to eat. I think that I could today, if you promise me $10 million next Sunday morning, I have a lot of confidence that I could not eat between now and then and be $10 million richer a week from now. I think that I'd be willing to take on a lot of, of like physical pain in order to, to, get, to get that price. I'd, Derek Thiessen, I see him sitting there. If I give you a million dollars, would you let me punch you in the face as hard as I could? I would have nine million still, and he would have a million. It's win-win, right? And now I would never think about punching him in the face. But for that sum of money, yeah, we'd do it. And so there's, there's a lot of things. And so just think of what your magic number is, and just think about how far you'd be willing to push in order, in order to have that, that life-changing amount of money. Would you be willing to, would you accept that much money if tomorrow you didn't get to wake up, if you were going to die? Now, we, we're, we're in a special situation, because we're going home to Jesus, and so I guess we got that. But 
But as a whole, of all those things that I would be willing to do for $10 million, the answer is no. I would rather wake up tomorrow than have $10 million. So why are we not living each day like we just won the lottery? Right? If, if living one more day is more valuable than $10 million, then why aren't we celebrating when we wake up in the morning as if we just won the lottery? The Bible teaches us to rejoice in each day. Another story about some of the challenges that we face. This is actually something I heard from a podcast recently. I don't, I don't even know for certain that the, that the person who, who was talking is, is a proclaiming Christian. I don't know that for a fact. Um, and so I kind of took his words here and I, I put a little bit of a spin on it, but, but the whole thing is kind of this, this guy's idea. And so he was sharing in the way that he, that he approaches challenges in his life. And I really appreciated what he was saying, so I'm working to, to change my perspective and, and to kind of face my challenges or struggles in the same way. So he compared character traits to goods that you purchase from the store. In order to purchase an item, like groceries or a car or food or, or a toy or whatever it is, there's a cost associated with it. And only after paying that price can you take home the goods. And sometimes we'll, we'll complain about the high cost of groceries or these different things, but we all accept that, that it, it's part of attaining this thing, right? We, we don't grumble to the point that we, or I guess that even though we know there's a high cost, we accept that the price has to be paid in order to, to achieve those goods or to attain those goods. It is exceptionally rare that we ever are just giving goods with, without some sort of payment, right? It does happen, but it's a kind of rare thing. Well, the same is true with positive character traits. Patience and tolerance and, and humbleness. So these are not traits that we're simply born with an abundance of. And, and I think that God does provide an, an extra bl blessing on some and make some just at birth, more patient or humble than others. But, but as a whole, we all start with very, very little. But rather, we gain these, these traits through our experiences. And often, those experiences are, are perceived as struggles when we're in the midst of them. Love that. So being in situations where we're forced to be patient teaches us how to be patient. And being placed in situations where, where we have opportunities to love people teaches us to be more loving. And being in situations where we have an opportunity to trust God teaches us how to be more trusting in God. Now these situations often suck when we are in the moment but they are the price that we must pay in order to purchase those goods. So God is molding our hearts. And just as the potter must soften the clay in order to work with it, 
so must God soften our hard hearts. If we can realign our thinking and see each challenge or situation that we're going through as a simple price that we have got to pay in order to move to our next step of being a better person, whether it be more humble or more loving or more trusting or, or more trustworthy or more patient, then we stop feeling so overwhelmed or so negative about life. So I'll read that again. If we can realign our thinking and see each challenge or situation that we are in as a simple price that we have to pay in order to move to our next step of being a better person, then we stop being so overwhelmed or frustrated or negative about the situations in our life. So this whole sermon has just been on changing our perspective, changing the way we see things in our life. And so these are the two things that I'm working on. Number one, waking up each day knowing that it is a gift from God and celebrating the state that I am in instead of wondering why I don't have more or longing for something different. Waking up each day knowing that I just won the lottery by getting a chance to open my eyes. Number two, recognizing that struggles and challenges in life are important and they are teaching lessons and there is a return that comes from them. They are not just challenges that are thrust on me and then I am the exact same person when I'm on the other side of them but rather they're, they're challenges that are better equipping me for something greater. They are, they're challenges that are providing me with the goods to better further God's kingdom. If he teaches me through my struggles, my financial struggles, my, uh, you know, insert whatever you want there, whatever the struggle is, God's teaching you so that he can further his kingdom, so that you can help someone else down the road. I opened up with a psalm of lamentation, and I'd like to conclude with a psalm of praise. I'm going to go to Psalm 145. At least I'm going to try to. A song of praise of David. I will extol you by God and King and bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you and praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised and his greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall commend your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. On the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wondrous works I will meditate. They shall speak of the might of your awesome deeds, and I will declare your greatness. They shall pour forth the fame of your abundant goodness, and shall sing aloud of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. The Lord is good to all, 
and his mercy is over all that he has made. All your works shall give thanks to you, O Lord, and all your saints shall bless you. They shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and tell of your power to make known to the children of man your mighty deeds and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. The kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures throughout all generations. The Lord is faithful in all his words and kind in all his works. The Lord upholds all who are falling and raises up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you, and you give them their food in due season. You open your hand, you satisfy the desire of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and kind in all his works. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desire of those who fear him. He also hears their cry and saves them. The Lord preserves all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. My mouth will speak the praise of the Lord and let all flesh bless his holy name forever and ever. Thank you, Brother Lyndon. Good perspective. And, you know, the perspective of trials training us in righteousness and Christ's character and and good character, that is encouraging. And then there's also something beyond this life, and that is the next life, the continuation of this life, except without the bad stuff. So as we sing this song of response, uh, it's a combination of celebrating life here and also looking forward to life there, soon and very soon. Just a reminder that the uh, deacons will be available to up at the front if you would like to come and speak with them. I'm going to go to the back if you'd like to come and speak with me. I'm going to pray, and then we'll go into the benediction. Father God, 
I pray that truth will sink in, Lord, that the, um, the message that was spoken straight from you and through my mouth, Lord, let that resonate within people and speak directly to their hearts. I pray, Lord, for changes in perspective, Lord, that we see our struggles for what they are and that we, we give thanks in all things, even the, the challenges that come our way. Now, the God of peace, who brought up from the dead the great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the eternal covenant, even Jesus our Lord, equip you in every good thing to do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Soon and very soon, we are going to see the King. Hallelujah. Soon and very soon, we are going to see the King. Hallelujah. Soon and very soon, we are going to see the King. Hallelujah. 